0: Yeah, you know, lots to talk about this week, you know, I think even more before we dive in. We just had Pearl Harbor Day. It'll be like a, a week and a day by the time this show airs, but, you know, always a good day to kind of reflect back on the tragedies and, and the sacrifices that, that were made. I consume anything, you know, World War II, basically. So, you
1: know, I I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, people heard about it, at least in- you know, so I posted about it, I, yeah. and I think we need to do more things like that when things like that come up in history and yeah. look back on it.
0: So I, I went to Pearl Harbor. It uh, had been on my bucket list for for a while. You know, we did a family vacation several years ago, and it is, you know, first of all, it was it was crazy because the the size of the harbor is just really not that big. So when you try to you know imagine the chaos that was going on in such a, a small area it's it's just crazy to think about that, that actually happened hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the capitalist investor as always you got me Derek Gabrielson Diamond Hands D and my boy Cool Hands Luke it's cool hand Luke D <laughs> damn you know, I always we, messed that up didn't we just talk about that last week we did yeah <laughs> I, I
1: don't only need my right hand you know, I, I don't need my left hand, cool I, don't, hand I don't use my left the, hand literally for anything so
0: <laughs> but we do
1: not have Mark Cobra Kai Johnny Lawrence Tepper here <laughs> he's in New York City yes um, he is you know enjoying life out there he's got a couple hits on uh, live on set for TV you know New York City I'm sure is just as cold if not colder than than here which you know I'm freezing not only outside, but our office—I'm pretty sure—is like 55 degrees today.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that this week as well. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been it's bad. Been, it's been real cold. We might
1: need to talk to the building like people <laughs> to try to get that up because
0: I'm dying. But anyway, we got a couple good topics to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, up top, intentionally didn't talk to you about this. Yeah, I think we we saw some some major news this week. It looks like Luke has a. Like a copycatter, I don't even know what the right term is on Twitter. I finally made it, man!
1: I Dude, finally that, that have a big co- time. I finally <laughs> have a copycatter. You know, when you get somebody trying out, it's sad though that pe- there's so many people out there and people that create robots that are trying to scam people by using other people's names. Right. I, mean, I know Mark gets like one every two days, so I'm just oh, really? I'm just thankful I get one. <laughs> I've gotten my first one, so I guess I'm finally working my way up, man.
0: Yeah, and I I, I clicked on you know I, I saw it on Twitter. And I saw the, the fake account and then they went, they, they like grabbed a picture of you and one of your buddies, I guess, is your banner. Like they took a lot of time to, to make a fake account. Yeah.
1: They had 3,500 followers too. <laughs> it makes me wonder like how long they've had it and like how many people that I followed, followed that back and things like that. Like that's scary, man. Yeah, it really is. But the good news is I'm very thankful that I, I have great you know, people out there that do follow me that went and reported it and bl- reported them and blocked them right away, mm-hmm. you know, it was taken down, I'm not kidding, five minutes after I discovered it and posted it. So that, that was pretty cool. was that, I, I that good. I think, it, and I'm sure there's people listening that did that. So I'm, I appreciate that.
0: So it's a very, very momentous point in your <laughs> life when, when, that, when yeah. that happens to you. <laughs> yeah. Right. So congratulations on that. Thanks, bro. <laughs> so, you know, lots to talk about this week. You know, I think even more before we dive in, we just had Pearl Harbor Day. It'll be like a a week and a day by the time this show airs. But, you know, always a good day to kind of reflect back on the tragedies and and the sacrifices that that were made. I consume anything, you know, World War II, basically. So, you know, I I, I wanted to make sure that, you know,
1: people heard about it, at least, you know, so I posted about it. And I I think we need to do more things like that when things like that come up in history and look back on it.
0: So I I went to Pearl Harbor. It's been on uh, had been on my bucket list for for a while. You know, we did a family vacation several years ago, and it is, you know, first of all, it was it was crazy because the the size of the harbor is just really not that big. So when you try to, you know, imagine the, the chaos that was going on yeah. in such a, a small area it's, it's just crazy to think about that. That actually happened, right. You know, yeah. people just waking up, I think it was on the weekend. I think it was a Saturday or Sunday morning. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I'm pretty sure it was. And just, you know, everyone thought it was a drill to, to start off with, you know, and, and then just the, the chaos that, that ensued from there. But you get to see, you know, the, the Arizona it's, uh, it's, it's, it's eerie, you know, to, to, to yeah. see that. And, and to know what happened, but um, also something very very cool. And I know we weren't going to talk about this at all, but also at Pearl Harbor they have the 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 ship, the I believe the Missouri, where the Japanese surrendered mm-hmm. to the Allied forces. And you know Japan had never surrendered to anyone up right, until that right. point. There was a movie about it, which is also very good. But to to actually stand on the deck where all that went down was was pretty crazy sure sent chills down your spine it it really did it really did and and they did a great job with with the storytelling and the history there's lots of you know pictures and descriptions and everything and and i didn't even know that ship was was in in that port so so that was a nice bonus um to to be able to stand on such a you know one of the most important moments in history yeah so so that was pretty crazy and
1: again And reason why, you know, again, when it comes down to history, we can learn a lot from history, not only from things that have happened, Pearl Harbor or politics, whatever it be, but we can look to the history for the market as well. (laughs) And that's kind of leads into our conversation today. Right. And and what we're talking about is the Federal Reserve and Omicron and how we can use history to predict the future. Right. Right. So one of the big questions is what's the biggest risk to the market and the economy? Is it Omicron variant of the new virus or is it the Federal Reserve? And I think it's it's a it's a very clear answer in my opinion. What do you think, D?
0: Well, you know, honestly, I think every day that goes by now and you know, maybe if another seven days go by, it'll be even even less. But the the Omicron Omicron I I always get tongue tied. <laughs> uh, Variant. You, you were in a fraternity, right? <laughs> I was not. No. Oh, you weren't. Ah, oh, no, they, the they didn't thing. have technical fraternities at John Carroll when when we were there. Oh, Mark was. I thought Mark wasn't a fraternity. Uh, there, I there guess baseball like, is basically yeah, a fraternity. There was like sports yeah. fraternities, but you couldn't have like a fraternity house. Um, I think that has changed. I think that changed right when we were leaving. But I, I think I don't know if people on the podcast know, but like, he's like six seven. So he played <laughs> he played basketball in college. I did. Yep. Baller. So he's a a, basketball fraternity. mm -hmm. So it was, you know, it was, it was a great way to, to meet people, obviously, you know, I met Mark from the baseball team and and Dave, my best friend. So, so it was cool. It was, was good, good stuff. But, but anyway, so the, so the variant seems to be, you know, being becoming less and less of a concern every day. I saw someone tweet out this morning, uh, Becky quick, I guess, who I thought I had blocked, <laughs> but, um, she, she, she quoted uh, Pfizer and they said that basically the, the two Pfizer shots plus a booster protect you from the new variant as well as, you know, the two shots initially protected everyone from the, you know, the original virus, uh, whatever we're calling it these days, um, alpha <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. But, so, my question is how how does anyone know that at this point? Yeah, there's not enough data first off, <laughs> and
1: also real quick on the vaccine standpoint, they're not vaccines, man. Mm-hmm. A vaccine like lasts supposed to last like ten years, like long time mm-hmm. like, if these boosters are all coming out, it's not a vaccine <laughs> like it just, it's just from a word standpoint, I don't yeah. like that word anyway, but you're exactly right, man. You have this virus coming out, freaked everybody out. Um, The data that we do have is showing that it is very mild. And that's what Mm -hmm. we all wanted from the first place. Like we wanted it to become something like the flu. And from my understanding is that it's 75% of the cases now in the U.S. or around the world, I guess, are coming from this Omicron variant now. So it's not even Delta anymore. So Delta is now lower than Omicron. And the hospitalizations and the death rates have not kicked up. They've actually gone down. Mm -hmm. So by those stats – it's telling us that's more mild.
0: That that was going to be my point. It, sorry, it, dude. It, it, oh no, no, not at all. That's you set me up perfectly. That that is the conclusion that, that that I'm again. You know, I'm not a scientist. I just you know stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. But this, <laughs> what, what does that mean? I'm just I'm confused. There, you don't remember that commercial? No, oh well. I mean, it's not that old. It's basically you know like I a, don't watch T V I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't
1: like. Anyway, I'm sorry. I guess other, the viewers the viewers would get it. I didn't get that.:
0: <laughs> I thought that was a, a universal uh saying out there. It, it was from a while ago, but basically, you know someone like a doc, you know not a doctor pretending to be a doctor, obviously don't know what they're doing, but they got a good night's rest <laughs> because they stayed at the holiday and express. that was awesome. that was the, right. the the gist of it. Um, but anyway i think it's actually good news for the market kind of the series of events that have unfolded something that is seems to be less dangerous seems to be that the the virus is heading in the direction that we needed it to go right i think i think people thought and probably because the president said this but i i think people thought that hey the the vaccine is out the virus is going away in you know a, in a month yeah. like that that obviously was never going to happen <laughs> uh, exactly i think we've hit on the point that we don't think
1: we both agree that the virus and omicron might be the, the close to the end mm-hmm. of what, what covid is going to become and that leaves us to our next point that the federal reserve is probably worse for the the, the market not necessarily for the economy right and that there's yet to differentiate the two, right? So we have this high inflation environment, highest in like what, 30, de- 30 years, like three yep. decades or something crazy. When the Fed you know, increases interest rates and they start to taper, yeah, the market's not going to like that because we've seen all this, I call it sugar, <laughs> sugar high for the past right. essentially 20 years from the Fed. And once you take the sugar away, the market doesn't like it. So the question you have to ask yourself when it comes to the market, not the economy, is would you rather have short-term pain for long-term gain or long-term pain for short-term gain? I think that's a very clear answer.
0: Yes, for sure. That's a great question because I think a lot of people are asking that. But what we've been talking about on the show for a while now is that at some point all of this stuff that we've done to prop up the economy, you know, individuals obviously handing out the, the checks, uh, printing money, uh, lowering interest rates to zero overnight. All the stuff that we've done to, to help us get through this to, to varying degrees of success <laughs> and necessity. But all the stuff that, we're do- that we've done, we're going to have to unwind at some point. Yeah. So I am in the camp of the, the short-term pain for long-term gain. That needs to start happening soon.
1: Exactly. And I think thankfully the Fed is starting to get there and that's again from the market perspective and from the economy perspective I think it's great that mm. they are hiking rates sooner and the tapering sooner because again we talk about it a lot inflation is a tax on the lower income uh you know lower class and middle in- middle income middle class yeah um that's just how it is so um, now if they're trying to combat it sooner rather than later, that's good for, for in my opinion, and not a lot not a lot of people will agree that it's good for the market. But I think it's actually bullish for the market in the long term,
0: and it's bullish for the economy. I completely agree. And you know, just uh, one more quick note, since um, you know, to just to give the information to everyone out there. So, so basically, what is going on? Is, what what tapering is? Is essentially the the Fed started buying bonds a lot of bonds to about the tune of $120 billion per month. And the, the recent news that came out that spurred this conversation is that they, they're basically reducing that by about 15 billion per month. And what they talked about is they may actually accelerate that faster than planned, which is a good thing because when, when that is done or, or almost done, that's probably when they'll start to raise interest rates. Yeah. Uh, which obviously needs to happen as well, because we're seeing you know, we've seen six percent inflation, may even go higher than that. Yep. Um, and interest rates are still zero, right? So, yep. so that's a big problem. And, and that leads us to kind of our next topic,
1: mm-hmm. into um, how the Fed and the government have you know pumped a lot of money into the economy. You see the stock market up what twenty percent over twenty percent, you know this year. Mm-hmm. last year we were up, well, we were up twenty nine or eighteen percent last mm-hmm. year, even in the pandemic. yep. And then you see companies like Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, Netflix. you can go on for eight stocks. There's eight stocks that make up over thirty percent of the s and p five hundred. So my question I want to throw out there, d, is the s and p five hundred even a reliable index anymore when you have eight stocks? You know, there's thousands of stocks out there. When you have eight stocks making up over thirty percent of the index, is it reliable?
0: It is a fantastic, fantastic point that that I don't think anyone has any clue about, first of all. And when you are an investor, when you whether you're you know into it and you're trading every day or you're just saving into your 401k, you know, what people don't realize is when you buy the S&P 500, right, whether it's SPY, uh, the ETF, or inside of your plan, you know, that's, that is kind of the universal signal for diversification, mm-hmm. right? So we're not just buying a few stocks, we're, we're buying uh, 500 stocks. Or yeah? are you, <laughs> right? But, as Luke just mentioned, Amazon, uh, Microsoft, Apple, Google, two Googles, uh, even Tesla is up there. Uh, I printed the list off. NVIDIA and, is now number yeah, eight, I, I believe. I saw that, yeah. yeah. So you're you're getting a, uh, when you buy the S&P 500, 30% of your money is going into those seven or eight stocks. Yeah. Tesla, you know, is a, is a hot topic to talk about. We've talked about it a lot on the show. Would you say Tesla is more, you know, more of a, a stable stock or more of a, Volatile stock it's kind of
1: in the meme crowd, man, like <laughs> it's a meme stock almost right, you know it, it's definitely volatile. it's basically just became profitable like early this year for the first time, and it's mm-hmm. valued over a trillion dollars yeah I mean that,
0: that's all you should know to tell you if it's <laughs> if stable or not. It doesn't even generate very good it doesn't generate positive cash flow yet so and you know when you're buying the s and p 500 you're getting essentially two percent of that stock right <laughs> exactly <laughs> and and that's
1: why over the past week or let's say two weeks. The S&P 500 was down, I think, top to bottom, like 4%. Mm-hmm. So 4% drawdown. And one of the biggest things I noticed was that was the most panic I've seen in a very long time mm-hmm. from people. Like People were freaking out. There was so much fear in the market. And it's very interesting that the market, if you want to call it the market, the S&P, was down 4%. But when you take a look at the broad market, the small caps and mid caps... A lot of them, those stocks were down 30%, 40%, 50, some even you know sixty percent mm-hmm. from top to bottom. So, what does that that tell me? And what does that tell you, D? I mean, it, it tells me a lot. It tells me that the market isn't as reliable as it used to be to kind of be a judge on how the overall market is doing, or that the S and P five hundred is not an overall good judge or take on the market, and that everybody essentially is buying Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, the top eight we talked about for safe havens Mm -hmm. when things go wrong, right? right? But going forward, where's the value? Where's where's things going
0: to go in the future? That's why I think the biggest, that's the most important question. That is a great question. And so, you know, I think, and and you brought this topic up, and it's a great topic that I honestly wasn't even really kicking around, you know, towards the top of my mind. But your points are, are... absolutely spot on the at some point and probably some point soon there's going to be a rotation out of those big names right right? so you know the well maybe amazon can you know just based on the amount of packages (laughs) that show up at my house every week but These companies, the these these mega cap companies just can't keep going up in value into perpetuity.
1: Right. (laughs) Especially when there's so many other discounted stocks out there that are starting to become pretty attractive from not only a growth story standpoint, but a fundamental like valuation standpoint as well. When a lot of these, you know, stocks that were high growth were just extremely overvalued. So now these stocks that everybody kind of wanted to get into. They had their shopping lists, that they, the stocks they wanted to, to buy. It's not falling into the lap. So what I think is a very likely scenario to, ha- scenario to happen, and I don't know when. It could be this month. could be next month. could be six months from now. But eventually, there's going to be, like you said, a rotation out of a lot of these big names into these smaller and mid-cap names. And you're going to see something like a face rip melt off or melt <laughs> up. I'm sorry, not melt off, melt up. Um, on these small and midcap stocks. So I think a lot of the value in your portfolio is going to come from these smaller stocks. And you could even see the opposite happen of what we just saw. You know the s and p was down four percent, and that's all compared to these big stocks that were down a lot. the s and p might be flat and even negative while you uh-huh. see the small mid caps rip. And yeah. that would be a very interesting thing to see
0: It really would be and it's just you know it's it's a great point on on capping off just how much has changed in the in the last ten years. Yeah, you know, just the the sixty forty stocks to to bonds, the you know, very typical setup that, that we've seen for a long time. The the sixty percent of stocks being primarily, you know, super large cap S and P five hundred companies. You, you're just seeing there; it's just different now, and yeah. you really have to be paying attention out there. You know, when you're investing and and what you're investing in, and that even. And that, that really is, is going to be, I, I believe 2022 is going to be, um, you know, there's a saying out there that like, this is a stock pickers market, you know, it's always a stock pickers market. I think that's kind of a, a dumb saying, but it may be a stock pickers market outside of the big names, <laughs> you know, are, 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 going to be the people that, that really, uh, make some money next year.
1: No, I completely <laughs> agree D. And to kind of sum up this topic. I took a look at the history of the indices, mm-hmm. and I think I want to kind of go through that real quick because I, I do think, again, my opinion is the S and P is very unreliable unreli- for a standpoint of the market. I think there's going to be a new index that's going to come here soon because mm-hmm. I don't think we can use the S and P for much longer. You take a look back to history; the Dow Jones Industrial Average, Industrial Average, was the first index used for the stock market. That was created in, in 1896. I think it had like 15 or 20 stocks in there or something mm-hmm. like that, maybe 10 stocks. So it was very small. And then in 1957, the S&P 500 was created, and that's 500 stocks, right? So it got bigger. Mm-hmm. Then in 1971, the NASDAQ was created. That was more on the computer systems, right? Because computers mm-hmm. started becoming prominent in the markets and was able to route transactions to the brokerages. So that was more of the tech stocks and technology sector but we haven't created created a new index essentially in 40 years. Mm-hmm. And again, from the S&P to the NASDAQ was 14 years for a new index. So I, I think there's opportunity for a new index to come about, whether that's 100 stocks, 200 stocks, 500 stocks. Honestly, I'd like to see probably like 250 stocks in there, mm-hmm. but like it has to be weighted a lot better than it Currently is. I'm not saying it has to be equal weighted. I don't believe necessarily in necessarily equal weighted indices because you should have a gauge on big versus small. But I just I think right now these the indices are just too too off balance.
0: For sure, for sure. You know that that was a great history, and you know I think we're about at our time here. But it's it's, a, it's an extremely extremely interesting point, and you know on top of that, how much blind money just gets pumped into these you know, big eight stocks just from, just from the, you know, ETF mutual That's funds. That's a great
1: point. 401ks, right? Everybody contributes, I don't say everybody, but a lot of people contribute to their 401ks and they're buying these funds like the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. And they don't look at that for 40, from 20 years old to 60 years old. Right? And they start the 401k to when they retire and they just blindly buy it. Don't work. Don't look at it. Mm-hmm. And all that money is going to essentially, 30, you know, thirty percent of it's going to eight stocks, right. basically. You know what I mean? So yep. that's again another way that money's just being pumped
0: um, into these stocks, and it's inflating these prices. Good stuff. Good stuff. We should. That's a pretty good. Uh, you know, we should make a note. Picking out some of these, you know, not common stocks would be. Uh, well, not common is not the right word, but outside of the, you know, the top twenty-five of the S&P 500, some names in there, that would be a pretty interesting show too. Yep. But this topic, very interesting. Uh, we've seen some, some giant seismic shifts in, in how people invest over specifically the, the last three years for sure. Mm-hmm. So so that'll do it for us today on The Capitalist Investor. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a chance, make sure you, you know, like podcast, subscribe so those notifications pop up. And, you know, Luke, we, we really need, um, we have, we've barely had any requests in the last three months for swag. So we need to, <laughs> <swag>. <laughs> we need to get some more of that ordered up. So we need some more five-star reviews. So shoot us a note at, uh, info at SWP connect and, uh, with that five-star review and we'll, we'll send some, some gear out your way and always topics too. So if you guys want to hear about certain topics, we do love to see that as well. So shoot us a note um, and we'll talk about it on the show. So thanks everyone for listening and have a great day. The
1: opinions expressed in the podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any investment, legal, financial, or tax strategy. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. Please consult a qualified professional about your individual needs.